And when he, when he bailed out of that thicket, I mean, that shit was running down my leg and we go, I, I pulled, actually pulled both triggers because I pulled the front trigger and oh. it pulled through and, and I shot him right in the face. And, uh, welcome to the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. This podcast is built to get you hunting more. We talk with the greatest hunters around the world, known and unknown. We tell stories, give tips, share opinions, and talk all things hunting. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. Today, we have Alex Nestor on board here. Alex has an outstanding business. He's hunted a shit ton all over the world, and is just um, he's one of our Hunter's Hub members, so that's why we want to get him on here firsthand. But he has done a lot of different things around the world, and we think it's pretty awesome. How's it going, Alex? Good, man. Glad to, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for getting the time to hop on. I've been trying to get on here for a few days now and finally lucked out and I'm ready to get rock rolling on this. Um, so for yeah. people that don't know about you, can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, I've guided for quite a few years in eastern Colorado. I was very fortunate to, to grow up there. I think it's, you know, one of the best places in the world for trophy class mule deer and whitetail. Um, I uh, ended up getting my own outfitter's license. My dad has his outfitter's license. We lease uh, some pretty major ranches uh, between like 250 and 300,000 acres. Um, take between 20 and 30 mule deer hunters a year, kill some giant mealies, um, some giant whitetails, some great antelope. Um, we do elk hunts in Western Colorado on some private ranches. Um, and you know, I do quite a few audit hunts now, uh, down in Texas, um, right, right off the Mexican border there. And, uh, yeah, just, just kind of guide. Uh, I have a few other businesses, but, uh, I love guiding. I've always loved taking people out and, and we're getting pretty good at it the last 10 years. Yeah, I would say if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram and does it, it's Hunt Nest, and he has obviously a handful of giant, giant mealies on there that everyone's going to want to check out and see, along with Big Audad and several other species, some funky antelope on there. Um, actually, one of the, our other Hunter Sub members, Tanner Adams, just came and hunted an Audad with you a couple weeks ago, right? Or a month yeah, ago. yeah, Tanner Adams, uh, he shot at Audad with us. He shot a... Uh... Um, an antelope, great antelope with us. And he's coming this year to shoot a, a, a management muley. Usually, you know, they're between 170 and 180, three by fours or four by fours with short fronts, just to kind of help our gene pool for that, you know, for trophy management in those ranches. Heck yeah, that's cool. Um, it's really awesome. So, I mean, let's just ask you this question right now. What is your favorite thing to, to guide as a big muley? <laughs> Man, I, it's fun that people say that. I, uh, I've got this reputation. I've always looked up to guys like Greg Krogh and, and some of, you know, some of the big mule deer guys, uh, Jason Carter, just, there's a lot of really, really good um, mule deer hunters out there. And, and, you know, the last few years I've really killed some, some good deer, you know, the 230, 220 to 240 range. Um, and uh, I love mule deer hunting. I love bugling elk. It's just wherever I am at that time, you know, when there's a bull screaming, um, that's where you want to be. When you find a giant buck, that's where you want to be. But I would honestly say my passion, my favorite thing to do is I've raised hounds for quite a while. I love, uh, I love trailing cougars. It's one of my favorite things to do in the world. I love dog work, any dog work, whether it's cattle dogs or hounds. I just, that's probably my biggest passion. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. You look at your Instagram and you're like all these giant deer. And it's like, this guy's <laughs> another guy. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've just was fortunate, man. I, I grew up out there in Eastern Colorado. My dad, my uncles kind of got me into hunting was a young boy. And we've always been really good at finding and 
and uh and killing big deer and and so that's probably what i'm best at it's just not what i'm most passionate about gotcha that's cool how many cat hunts do you do a year? uh you know i only have a couple private ranches where i can do cats but i i run them so much for fun just with buddies yeah. and stuff um you know I, I i don't i'm more of a weekend warrior i got a couple businesses to run but i uh you know i can catch between 20 and, and 30 lions a year um and we have a pretty short season you know most of February and March, I'm in Texas, and in December, I'm in eastern Colorado, so I don't have very long to hunt cougars. Gotcha. Yeah, that's kind of right in your prime time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What is the season on those uh, mule deer out there in eastern Colorado? What's the season on that? So archery season starts October 1st. It's hard-horned hunts and goes through December 31st. It takes oh, wow. two, two breaks. Um, the first break is early rifle, which is usually the last week, October, first week of November. And then we have a late rifle season, which is the first two weeks of December. And then our, mu- okay. our muzzleloader season, which is probably my favorite, my go-to is the second week, October. It runs about 10 days there. We hunt standing crops. It's a lot of fun, man. We shoot deer anywhere from 10 yards to 50 yards in Milo and cornfields. Oh, cool. So you're right up in on Oh this. yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Heck yeah. Um, one of our other, we have actually had several hundred sub members come with you because I'm creeping through the Instagram. Lorenzo Sartini, he came and shot that giant with a bow with you. Yeah, um, yeah. He shot a 230 buck. Yeah, Lorenzo, Lorenzo showed up day one. I was on a bear hunt. Uh, I treat a bear um, for a gal, Randy Clark. She shot a bear. It's one of the biggest ever killed by a woman with a bow. Um, wet scored over 22 inches. And, oh. uh, why we killed that bear, I got the phone call. Clay Hill was guiding Lorenzo. It was day one of their archery hunt during the rut, and they stuck that buck. He was just over 230. Wow. That's freaking giant. Yeah. <laughs> great hunt, man. Lorenzo's a great guy. I really enjoy Lorenzo. And Clay Hill, you hunted with Clay. Is that right? Yeah. Clay's a great yeah. guy. He's a killer. Oh, yeah. Yep. Clay's a stud. And it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you guys work together and bring clients and stuff to each other, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Clay's family. I'm, I'm up close with Clay and his family are really good people. And his dad is, uh, is really awesome. He's a killer as well. I've always, always looked up to him and his family. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Um, what about this buck that David Orozco killed? What what was that? Uh, he killed that in uh, early rifle. Um, what had happened is the landowner had told me, you know, David Verosco doesn't need a guide. You know what I mean? David Verosco's yeah. he's a, uh, he's, he's a legitimate mule deer guy. He's one of the best. He's very well known. He gets to hunt some of the most prime areas in the world. He, uh, you know, he had, uh, he had sent some guys to us and, and, and I, uh, told him if you want to use your points, you know, we got a good area here. got a good ranch. The landowner had found a non-typical. I dropped Verosco a pin and by eight in the morning, he had texted me, typical David Verosco. I found him, you know, um, he did not kill him the first day. Actually, you know, we guessed this buck was in the low two hundreds and uh, two Oh five maybe. And the next morning he shot him. And when he walked up to the buck, he called me and he said, dude, this, this buck is a lot bigger than we, than we thought. Um, and you know, he shot a buck that I think it was, it was over two twenty. It was close to two thirty as well. Made the cover Eastman's just a dirty giant, man. And, and, and that's great for David. I was, I was happy for him. Heck yeah, that's freaking cool. I mean, 
Yeah, it's a lot of these bucks that you got on here have all sorts of, you know, you've killed some good typicals, but a lot of these big giants that you're killing have some big inlines, flyers, a bunch of cool stuff going on, which I think is pretty cool. Is that pretty common out in those areas that you're hunting? Obviously? Yeah, most of the non-typicals, most of the big deer we have, I, I would say, are between 175, 185 inch frames with 30 to 40 inches, sometimes 50 inches of uh, extra. Yeah. You know, Lorenzo's frame was not very big. It was 180 frame. It just had 50 inches extra. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it has all sorts of stuff going there. But yeah, we have that genetic. It's like that antelope. You're talking those goofy antelope. I have yeah. four. I kill a couple every year, and I have four or five in this in this certain ranch, um, in this certain unit. That that's just a genetic. And I have four video of four or five bucks I let go last year, and they all curl forward. Oh, really? That's freaking. Yeah, cool. that's neat. yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you posted one the other day saying that like he was on the hit list, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. we'll probably three of those five. I'll probably whack next year. Um, oh, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, how many antelope hunters do you take? A year? Uh, you know, between 15 and 20 antelope hunters. Um, I think we could take more for some reason. It's a little difficult for me to obtain tags and, and to be honest, man, antelope's probably one of the hardest things to, to it's the most affordable, most successful hunt you could ever book. And it, hardest things for for guys to sell um you know because of arizona new mexico's reputation um we yeah. just got to work our way up in eastern colorado to get that reputation we don't shoot giants we don't shoot 90 inch goats but you know we shot an 85 last year with a muzzleloader so we have big goats yeah that's a stud yeah i hear you there a lot of people i have you know we have some other friends that are that are you know, begging people to come antelope hunting with them and they just can't get it because it's not like, you know, it's because they're not posting pictures of 90 inches every day like some of the Arizona New yeah, Mexico outfits yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Um, So let's, I want to ask you a few questions here. Um, I, I'm scrolling through your Instagram. New Zealand and Africa. Give us some stories on some New Zealand stuff. Oh, man, I went to New Zealand with a great guy, Sam Cayley. I actually went on the hunt with a uh, booking agent, Brian Martin talked to me into going in on the hunt. I traveled over there with him um, and went with Sam Cayley. I opted out of the helicopter hunt. I did a uh, complete foot. Um, it was a private ranch on the South Island. I, I was mainly interested in killing a tar. And uh, sure enough, man, I <laughs> to go back, I think I'd do a helicopter hunt. It was pretty intense, really steep, <laughs> you know, really steep mountains. We went all the way to the top and shot a great tar. I actually just got it back. Um, I just got it back from Tyrone, uh, the taxidermist New Zealand. It's in my house right here. I have it set up in my dining room. I figure out where I'm going to put it, but shot a great tar. Yeah. I mean, no helicopter. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, it was, it was a good tar, really mature, um, bull tar. And, and, uh, yeah, no, I'm proud of that. I ended up shooting a free range fallow, really old fallow, unique. He's only about four, three or four inches from the tops of his main beam, his spreads only three, they're almost touching at the top, real heavy, uh, palmated side, just big, big bases. And, you know, I don't, I, I you've been over there that free range, uh, fallow deal. I, I didn't understand how cagey they were. That's a, tr that's a really cool hunt. Um, yeah. And that's a giant one too. For a yeah. Tree, yeah. Know? They, they told me, you know, he's, he, I, I thought they're, they're small animals, you know, but uh, yeah, they told me they were like, as far as maturity and age and you know, that that's about as good as you can get for your range. Um, yeah. And then, 
Well, I mean, they shoot them like it's going out of style out of helicopters. You yeah. Know, just, you know, because there's no laws. You know what I mean? Anything free range just gets done. Oh, that's there. right, man. And we saw some good uh, free range stags, and I ended up shooting a, uh, a stag off a ranch, uh, 497. Just a stud. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just it, I got him back, and it, I forgot how big he was, man. It's just a, it's obviously the biggest thing I've ever killed in my life. Um, He's freaking cool. I'm looking at it right now. It has like what would be a third, like thirds on an elk. One has like three points coming off the third. Uh, they both have three points. One has big threes. All sorts of stuff. He's a yeah. No, he's a giant man. Yeah, his beams are real heavy. Just a great buck. And then you know, I did the Zimbabwe, Namibia, South Africa. Um, I think one of my my favorite times in Africa was did a big free range deal um, through a cool uh, Greg Brownlee and Trace Baring sent me over there um, West Fallen Safaris in, in Namibia and and just had a great time. I you know only did a seven day safari and killed fourteen animals um, all free range and they they said wow. yeah they said that was probably one of the best best safari you know five I only hunted five days. <laughs> And, oh wow yeah you stacked yeah i stacked it and uh, i had a great time i think it was a great lot of game over there i think they're probably hurting there from the drought last year but when i was there it was amazing um elephants there um and and just had a had a blast man it was it was it was a great that's probably my most memorable uh africa trip yet really that's awesome then i see you got two lions on here yeah um, yeah lioness and a yeah How was that? oh man i shot the male at uh sub 10 yards um i yeah oh, wow. we we were tra- tracking for a long time at, you know and, and and i felt like we were on the off side of this track you can't second guess those trackers they're they're the best i mean they're better than hounds they're amazing and for some yeah. reason i thought we got on the cold side because he started circling us he got on our tracks and we had the discussion about how dangerous this is and and uh all, he backed himself into this thicket and he was let it going to let us walk by and yeah. And he kind of growled and everyone took a knee and I grabbed, I had a, uh, I, I, I had a, I had a rifle with a scope and, and I grabbed the PHs 470 open sight. <laughs> and they said they'd never seen that before. And he's like, Hey, Hey, I was like, I can't see us through that scope. He's, he's, he's going to be close. And when he, when he bailed out of that thicket, I mean, I, shit was running down my leg and we go, I, I pulled, actually pulled both triggers because <laughs> I pulled the front trigger and oh. it pulled through and, and I shot him right in the face. And, uh, it was, and you know, it didn't kill him. I had to shoot him again, um, with the gut, with the other gun to the shoulder, but, uh, it dropped him and he, and he rolled around and got up and took off and probably one of the most intense moments of my life. I mean, those African lions, that's one of the biggest animals I've ever walked up on, you know, ground shrink is where it was just like, holy smokes, this is a giant. Yeah, those cats are huge. You don't, like, they look big standing there, but when you walk up to them, Oh, like, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the lioness I shot was 12 and a half years old, just no teeth. I was going to say, you look at that teeth yeah. picture, it's freaking yeah. ancient. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's been some great experiences, and I... You know, right before he called, I was on the phone with uh, Clay Clay Lancaster, actually, and trying to set some stuff up through them. It's This corona deal really screwed up my spring. I was supposed to do my mid-Asian Ibex in Tajikistan, um, and then Fran Cortina, uh, Corju hunting. I'm doing my Spanish Ibex slam, and then June 1st, I was supposed to leave for Russia with some good friends of mine and do my do a uh, Kamchatka brown bear hunt. So, uh, yeah, oh, it's wow. really... Yeah, you're busy, yeah it was supposed to be a lot busier than I am. It's it's all getting put off till next year, unfortunately. So, uh, 
hopefully we'll get a lot more stuff killed next year. Yeah, no, for sure. That line, I'm looking at that picture, the one, and you can see yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's that was that was an intense moment of my life. I'll tell you that. They, they actually, I took that, pulled both triggers, grabbed my other gun back when that lion took off running, left the trackers, which they say never to do, and chased it down until it stopped and shot him through the shoulder. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing over there. Most people don't do that. They run yeah, no, I was not. I, I when they were coming, I just kept telling everyone, no one shoots until I shoot, because I, I knew he was gonna be close, and I didn't want him to think I got scared. I didn't want anyone to shoot. So yeah, I just kept saying, no one shoot. And they're like, you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm positive. I'm like, don't worry about me. I'll, I'm gonna shoot. Don't worry. I'm not gonna run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Is you know a lot of those guys, and we've had some great buddies that have, you know, I uh, one of my good buddies. He uh. He uh, has a video on the client, like pretty much just when the cat jumped up and came at him, like same scenario you're talking about. He just shot and wasn't even aiming at the cat, and it totally missed the cat. So he had to, you know, shoot at, at you know eight eight minus yards right there. And I think a lot of clients don't even pull the trigger. I think it's just one of those moments where they just freeze and it's just like. Oh yeah, no, I uh, I I wasn't gonna freeze. I, I'm not saying I'm bigger or better than anyone else but i was really looking forward to i i kind of was hoping there'd be a predicament something where we were going to get yeah. kind of in a in a close environment with a with a male lion and when it happened it was like a dream come true to me <laughs> well and i mean you're used to being so close to all the mountain lions and stuff yeah too, you know yeah i catch a lot of coo- they're they're not as big as a they're not as big as a you know african lion but they can still Oh yeah, no, I, I catch a lot of cougars in this country where I'm at. We I hunt burn, so I catch a lot of them in, in caves. So I'm going in caves constantly. Oh. You know, maybe maybe between five and ten a year, caved up, pretty nasty, and we get to go in there and with a flashlight. And so I'm used to being at pretty close quarters with cats. And and uh, I haven't done a leopard, man. That's on my hit list. I went. I was going to in Namibia, and I'm I still am. Um, I don't think I'll do it in Namibia. I, I'm not sure what I'll do. Um, but that is you you've killed a obviously killed a leopard that is so high on my list i think that's one of the coolest animals in existence yeah they're they're neat the last one i did cause I've, I've done two and the last one i did was probably one of the the first one i did we hunted 14 days for it and then the second one it was the first afternoon we sat in the, the blind which was day three of the hunt but it was just one of those things that it was just like hearts like it was just the heart was pumping it yeah. was amazing and then that's one thing you definitely got to get. Oh, I, yeah, sure. I really want to, man. I'm looking forward to it. I should have should have done it already. I will. I will. I'm going to try to – I want to kill everything, man. <laughs> I, I, I want to <laughs> be that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just do as many – do as many experiences as I can. I'm looking forward to Asia. Um, you know, I just I, – it's the experience, and, and it, it's cool, man. A lot – you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from a family that didn't tra- – loved hunting never internationally traveled not a single person in my family to hunt has ever even been to mexico or canada to hunt i don't believe maybe fish so uh it's cool to have them over and tell the story show them the videos and pictures you know it's uh, oh yeah yeah, that's way cool that's way cool um so when it comes to international like what is your like what is your all-time like you know, like obviously you just talked about leopard. What's your all-time dream? Oh, you know, leopard is up there. I'm a big predator guy. The brown bear's up there. Um, you know, after talking to Clay, I'm, I don't know if I'm becoming this person. Maybe I'm starting to get a little bit of a sheep bug. Um, but man, <laughs> he got me souped up about that. Maybe doing a doll with him and a stone with Bart and maybe even doing a, a, a desert with him. 
Um, I'm starting to get that bug. I've been a part of a few sheep hunts that were a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, you see pictures like Jeff or Maddie Demosky, you know, other people here from Colorado do plan yeah. and, and, uh, man, it's just, I think, you know, I, I think a sheep hunt's starting to climb up my list. Marco Polo is, uh, really high up there as well. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, like, you know, out the get-go, you're not, you know, like you're saying, you weren't, like, interested in sheep. It was mainly, you know, all these other different species, including, like, you know, predators, like you like you said, your favorite things. Yeah, man, predators. Lion and leopards were on the list. Now you're leaning towards Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know why, man. It's just, you know, you take so many clients, and they tell the sheep stories. And like I said, I've been a part of quite a few sheep hunts and some, you know, mountain hunts, and they're a blast. I'm from Colorado, so, you know, mountain hunting and backpack hunting is what i grew up doing and and uh so it, it's starting to interest me but yeah predators definitely have always been you know at uh my pride and joy my passion cougars i'd love to go down and dart a, a jaguar with those guys for those studies take some dogs down there that looks like an absolute blast uh, cats cats and that bears man they really do it for me that's yeah, your go-to yeah. huh I mean, like you just said, that freaking going down there and doing that darted jaguar would be oh, insane. Because I've heard some horror stories from that. Yeah, yeah, I know a guy that's done it. And, there, you know, there's a local houndsman in Colorado that went down there and did it. Um, and I think I could have an opportunity to do it. So if it, uh, it's just like I said, this COVID deal's kind of shut down a bunch of plans this year. But, man, I, it's going to, the future looks good. It's, I'm not sure how this is going to uh, pan out. Unfortunately, I think a lot of these guys, especially Canada, Alaska, I don't know how this fall is going to go for them. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that's going to help, you know, make it a little bit more affordable or if they're going to have to make some ground up on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's one thing. It's catch point too. You think it might get a little cheaper or it might go the other way and prices, you know, skyrocket just to try to you know, make back their cost of this. Yeah, but, no, you know, I hear so. you, man. I hear you. Um, but no, yeah, I, uh, uh, I'd love to do the Jaguar thing. That's just a, that's crazy. You know, and those guys catching them in, in Arizona and stuff with their hounds running a cougar and catching that Jaguar down there. Just, man, those pictures just make my, make my mouth water. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, when you go down there, um, like, experience wise you're gonna try to like maybe video it or something just so because like obviously you're just darting one so would you try to like get someone to video for you so you had like yeah yeah and you get a picture with it and and you know i'm ant this is crazy especially because of how many mule deer i kill um i don't kill very many cougars man i only want to kill the really big old mature toms um i just believe in management Mm -hmm. and the conservation of it i think that people overstep killing females young toms i just don't believe in it um so so for me to actually kill a lion is kind of a it's it's me catching the lion and watching the dogs work is what i benefit the most from it that's what i that's what i dream of yeah i often joke i was telling my buddy the other day i believe heaven is this like beautiful undriven road with three four inches of snow and a tom track walking right down the middle of the road you know that's what i see (laughs) man if i could do that every day be a dream come true but um i think darting a jaguar just catching it maybe taking some of my own dogs along i think that would be more more of a deal for me than uh than anything yeah that'd be cool we actually had a guy that used to weld for us he's an older guy and i don't think he shot like i don't think he ever killed 
or had anyone with him that told like more than you know three or four lines his whole life that he would run them every day he could you know he just loved running them with his dogs he didn't necessarily he never shot him or anything but he just loved oh yeah no that's how i am man it's very rare um and i love when somebody's never seen one and you catch a good tom you know letting them shoot it that's fun for me i let a guy that works for us Jordan shot one with his recurve this year, a big old Tom, 175-pound Tom, big scar across his face. And I enjoyed Tate doing that. It was, you could see him. It was the first one he'd ever saw, and and uh, you could see his blood th- flowing through him, man. He was really excited. It was an amazing tree. Heck, yeah, that's awesome. Is it? Yeah, did yeah, I did. He was a frontal with a recurve. Uh, he put it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cat went about two, 300 yards and laid up. Oh, gotcha. I actually see the video here. Uh, the guy holding the recurve. Yeah, up. man. It's a it's pretty sweet it. video. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. What about these buffalo? I'm, I'm still creeping on your Instagram here. Uh, oh, uh, man, that was just on? a I, – I lease a ranch, and these guys own a bunch of buffalo. They had a bunch of old bulls. They got into about an eight-mile section of, of trees, and it happens numerous times a year you know those old bulls aren't really worth anything to those people and and they asked us to come kill it we had a group of guys from mexico in antelope hunting and they were all about it and uh i actually let i let bam and i had no part of that but i let bam and those guys take their guys down there and and uh, they shot one with a recurve and i guess it was really western those are giant you know 2200 pound animals and you can imagine having bam yeah. there how much more exciting it can be oh, it gets yeah. everybody pretty riled up but uh yeah oh, no yeah. they uh yeah we offer some of those when when able um they usually have six or seven that get out every year and they're usually really good bulls i, I don't you know they scored them i didn't swim tax nervous did so they were silver and gold sci so yeah yeah really big yeah that's awesome yeah big old heavy bulls um so Heck yeah. So back, you know, back to your mule deer on here. So what you were talking about earlier, you take you know, 20 or 30 mule deer hunts. How many of those are, you know, trophy deer hunts? And how many uh, you know, I take like hunts? five management hunters every year. Um, and, you know, a lot of the trophy hunters will shoot some of those management bucks and they are trophies to them, 180 inch, four points a trophy to a guy, especially when it has, you know, we've killed some bucks with 18, 19, 20 inch G2s and uh, they only have three or four inch fronts, but they're real heavy um you know 28 30 wide and uh guys love shooting the bucks like that but you know we we uh yeah we take maybe per unit two or three a year per unit um on call hunts and then the rest of them are trophies we have a Mm -hmm. pretty good genetic out there i shot a buck uh guided a buck i just posted not that long ago he's facing away has some kickers but you know he netted 202 as a typical um had six 16 inch g4 wow Oh yeah, I got you here, and it has a couple. It has like yeah. two smaller X's on one side. Yeah, two seventeen and and, yep. and two hundred two net typical. It was a, yeah, that buck. Oh. They'd try to kill him for two years prior. Um, I was a new guide. The buck, uh, a guy Mike Edwards helped me out on it. Um, but a lot of really good, really good um, guides back in the day back in Colorado were trying to kill that buck, um, and I killed him day one that rifle hunt yeah his, his name i was a kid his nickname was uh pitchfork and one of the senior guides michael edwards was kind of on the spotter and i got us right into 150 yards it was crazy we shot that buck for high winds and he stepped out and we shot three times and missed at 150 yards 
and I was, I was crap. Oh, wow. pants. And I looked at him because I can't get steady. And I was like, man, you're 40 years old. Like you need, you aren't a kid. You need to get steady because this buck's going to get away. And it was so windy. They're running so hard. They didn't know. And, and then he shot the fourth time, hit him in the neck, dropped him dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, That's you awesome. bet. Beautiful it was day. a great buck, man. It's one of my favorite bucks I've ever guided. Awesome. What's up with the, um, I see here. Oh, uh, we do. <laughs> yeah. Four you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I used to really be hard on turkeys and I have a soft spot for them. I love turkeys. Um, I used to take a lot of people turkey hunting. We have Rio's and Miriam's here and, and I let some of the guys take some people out, but I haven't, I haven't been a part of killing turkeys since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, we have a lot. We just have a lot of turkeys, and and I try to protect them. And all the guides and everybody want to go kill them, and and I try to make up excuses why we shouldn't. But uh, we're finally, yeah, those guys are getting into <laughs> it. They're awesome. pretty good at calling them, so I think we're finally going to start doing some more turkey hunts. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Um. So I don't know if we even talked about this. The name of your yeah it's hunt eco it's easy everyone just calls it eco for short i kind of have a logo that i use when uh my dad's the outfitter now and and uh, that i run i have my outfitter's license but my dad has his too and we kind of do things under him he's semi-retired help him make some extra money he deserves it he definitely got me into hunting um and we just kind of put my logo on the picture so nobody steals them you know but uh yeah they uh yeah yeah, yeah. man I, i think since we since we've kind of teamed up, it has just, it's changed it. We charge a little more, cut the, the amount of hunters we, we used to take, especially with the other guys I used to guide for down and you can just see it in, in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the big bucks in the amount of big bucks we kill. Um, I think the last few years, everyone's like, well, killed a lot last year. How's this next year going to be? And you always kind of feel like you're starting from behind, but the amount of, this is not an exaggeration, but, um, the amount of three and four year olds from 170 to 180 we have is astounding. I think that, uh, you know, I was talking to some of the guys the other day, Bam and, and Josh and Jordan, and these guys, you know, we have 40 plus deer bucks, 170 to 180, three, three to five years old, up, up, up and coming. And, oh, and it's wow. fun, man. You can, you know, some of our references, even guys that, you know, some of the archer guys that don't kill and mainly everybody kills, but, um, I think the reason that they come back, Bob Fromm, um, yeah, I mean, Bob Fromm, somebody, if you can get yeah. him on a podcast, man, what a great, great dude. Um, he's family to me now, but you know, he said, he's like, I've seen more big deer and more up and coming deer on this single trip in five days than I have in the 10 years I've spent in Colorado hunting altogether. And f- yeah, for him to say oh, that, wow. uh, really said, you know, I think we're doing a good job, uh, managing it. And uh, I'm pretty proud of that. I think the ranches are much, much better off now that, that uh, we're doing things right here. Yeah, that's, that's the key is, you know, like you just said, proper management, not out, you know, out there shooting yeah. 50, 60 bucks a year. Yeah, yeah. And that's really the, four, it's the three and four-year-olds when you kill them, man, it's just detrimental. We have a chronic wasting disease. We mandatorily had to, uh, which is strange, we had to test all the rifle bucks. I'm not sure why we didn't have to test the archery and muzzleloader it's like if they have it you know why can't the archery i'm not sure what the state's thinking there but we you know um i would say you know 80 percent, 90 percent of the bucks that we tested this year were positive for chronic wasting disease look like healthy deer to me a couple of them didn't 
Um, but they tested positive. So, you know, I'm scared that what the state will do now is issue more tags to try to cut the herd down to get rid of it. Gotcha. I was going to ask you, so with your guys' state moving a lot of like the second, third, and fourth season, you know, how the, you know, the seasons are going to be three of the seasons, like the next two years are going to be in November. Um, does that hurt your area as much? Because like you said, you know, your seasons are always later. No, it doesn't affect does us. Affect we have pretty mild, uh, um, you know, it's going to affect the mountains. Yeah. If you get a guy out there with a gun and it's in the middle of a rut, boy, yeah. there's, you're going to, it's going to be rough on the deer. Um, our rut, our rifle hunts are pre and post rut. So, you know, it helps manage it. There's still a population. We're not detrimental to it. Um, I think it's unfortunate moving those seasons. I think it's a, it's great if you want to, if you, if you take hunting seriously and you want to be a trophy hunter and you want to kill big deer, there's think of shooting a deer in the, in the rut with a gun. Um, but I think that a lot of, yeah. a lot of people are going to be shooting deer. It's going to take a little less effort and I think it will affect the mountains, but I do not, obviously it won't affect me. Um, I can kind of control it due to the, uh, the private property, you know? Yeah. And it helps you. And obviously, like you just said, your seasons are pre and post rut besides the archery hunt, which I mean, I think it's pretty cool. You know, that's like you're saying, it's like, it's the best opportunity to manage it away. Cause you got all the mature bucks and you know, you kind of can watch all these bucks instead of some of these other hunts that you're doing where, you know, the bigger bucks are just not mature bucks just aren't showing up. And so everyone's whacking all these younger bucks, but then you get people that don't pay attention. To, you know, oh yeah. yeah. And it's tough, too, man. You know? When I was a kid, even with the elk tags and stuff, I'm not handing the state too hard on this, but you know, there's a lot less, there's a lot less deer and elk here um, than there used to be. The population isn't what it was. Um, I think the studies show that um, there's probably being, they're probably issuing a hair too many tags as there is, especially for the public land. We have a lot of over-the-counter yeah. units, uh, and maybe we can make some of those some dry units, and, and maybe we shouldn't make the seasons uh, where we can sh- shoot uh, elk or deer while they're running with a rifle. You know, I think that that's why people archery hunt. It's a challenge, and uh, you kind of benefit a little bit from, yeah. from being in the rut during the archery. Yeah, 100%. I agree there. And I mean, Wyoming, I, you know, where I live, it's the same thing as our, you know, numbers have definitely went down. And one thing is, you know, due to the wolves yeah. and whatnot, too, in part of the state. Um, and hopefully they don't, you know, let yeah. in Colorado like they're predicting. Very, yeah, very, very liberal state. I think if it comes up to a vote, we they will. Um, there are wolves, you know, they've proven that there are already wolves here. So if there are, why do we need to reintroduce them? They are yeah. introduced. They introduce themselves. So. It'd yep, be detrimental. Exactly. I've seen what it did in Wyoming, yep. Montana. Man, I'd hate for it to happen here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. That's a different subject. Um. Anyways, usually towards the end, I always ask two questions. One I already asked you, which was your dream hunt. So we'll just ask you uh, the the other question, but maybe you can get a little bit more into detail for us. What has been like one of the most memorable hunts you've done with either a client, your dad, you know, someone like what one sticks out in your head? It doesn't have to be a two thirty. Oh man, I've had a couple of really good ones. Um, one, uh, my brother uh, went to the military, went to the Marine Corps, and he uh, he got out of the Marine Corps, kind of didn't know what he was going to do, decided to be a police officer. Um, and uh, right before he was going to go into police academy, after he got his degree, he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, lymphoma. And he, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, had a rough time, beat the shit out of it. And he always wanted to go cougar hunt. I'm the older brother, always give him a hard time. And I told him, hey, man, if you uh, 
if you beat this deal, let's go shoot a cougar, you know? And sure enough, he beat it, went through the police academy, became a police officer in Aurora, Colorado, really rough, actually one of the roughest places in the city of Denver. And, and, uh, I called him and I said, Hey, we got snow. You working tomorrow? He said, and he you could hear him light up. He said, no. And, and sure enough, we had a game plan. We're going to go out the next morning. Well, typical little brother, I'm driving roads and I can't get a hold of the little shit he slept in. You know, I start hitting roads about two in the morning trying to beat everybody. So I'm fuming. So I call him and I call him and I, I call him everything uh, in the book. And, and I said, you're, you're really shitting on my program here, bud. And he said, I'm, I slept in. I'm on my way. Tell me where to meet you. All right. So I tell him where to meet me in this town. And on the way to that town, um, a couple hundred head of elk had come across the road and I'm, I'm, Due to him, waiting on him, I'm late, and two houndsmen have beat me. And they, they drove over this, uh, this oh. tom track, and it was covered up with these elk, and I just saw it on the side hill. I'm decent enough at spotting them, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I put my pack on it, dropped a pin. Gabe showed up, waited for another buddy. Turned out um, just one hell of an experience. We put it in a cave, and uh, Gabe shot this lion way back in some hellacious country. Um, in this cave with his pistol, double tapped it. And, and, uh, instead of skinning it, putting it in a bag and everything, you know, he carried it out whole and, uh, he did it. You could tell he'd lost a lot of weight and stuff, man. And, and he had did that, uh, as he could. And I kept asking him if he needed help. And the other buddy asked him if he'd need help and he just refused. And it was probably one of the proudest moments I've ever had hunting. He shot a giant Tom. It's just done with the taxidermist. Now I got it mounted on a pedestal and beat cancer and got his dream job. And it just all came together that day. And I just remember, yeah, I remember oh, walking awesome. and hearing the dogs bait up in the distance trailing and bait up and just taking it all in. It was a pretty special moment. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Man. That's a, yeah. That's yeah. You bet. Keeping you everything for sure. 100%. Um, one other quick question. I mean, we talked about kind of what other hunts you had going on. Um, so, you know, that got kind of put off due to the coronavirus stuff. What, uh, what is still in the works for you this year? You know, obviously guiding, um, any other. Yeah, no, I, that, so we're that putting that, uh, Spain deal off. I'm going to go in December and I'm going to just do two of the four this trip, do the Southeastern and the, the Bassetti. Um, I'm going to do that with Fran, with Corju. Uh-huh. And then I am, uh, I'm going to do a Mouflon. Yep and a wolf and probably a chamois in croatia yeah i'm really excited about that Um, and then i'll do russia next may june um with my buddies that got put off there and then i'm really looking forward to it um this is one of my on my kill list for some reason those ibex do it for me that mid-asian ibex i'm gonna do the tajikistan um january february early probably january before the shows really get kicked off yeah oh cool so yeah that's awesome heck yeah well that'll be sweet so uh and obviously you got all your guiding going this year so we need to have you hop on into the podcast let's do we should do one after you're done guiding kind of give us a breakdown of what happened to the season and then especially when you get back from spain we'd love to have you on. oh yeah you bet dude there's some big things i know i think you know uh uh you know jim breck you hunted with him i really am a big fan of him and i'm pretty proud of him and young guy a lot of ambition and me and him have some stuff going in the works here that I'm pretty excited about. And I think he's a good hunter and his guides are good and we might team up on quite a bit of stuff. So I think it's just, I think this year and this next year is just going to keep getting better and better. 
Right on, man. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's have you hop back on another podcast here shortly. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks. Back to the rest of your evening. Yep. Appreciate it, Alex. Thank you very much, man. What up, guys? Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Hunters Have Hunt More podcast with Alex Nestor. Guys, find Alex at Hunt Nest on Instagram and stay tuned for some badass big bucks that he's probably going to be hunting and chasing this fall with clients. Anyways, guys, stay tuned for the next episode. Do what you need to do. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever you have to do, and stay tuned and enjoy.